Take you beyond the barbell. And now for your host, Mo Dingo. Welcome to the One More Rep Podcast, where we take you beyond the barbell. I am your host, Mo Dingo, and with me is Brody. What's doing, up, bro? I'm doing great. All right. Still got to work on it, dude. Oh, that was... <laughs> Damn. I'll get it better. Yeah, but like you said, we have... Roughly 1,997 episodes because you said we're going to do 2,000. Mm-hmm. So you got some time to work on it. I, I will perfect this. <laughs> that was enthousi- enthusiastic, man. <laughs> that was the best I had. Did you, did you have to scoop some Blahniks before you did that one? No. Okay. Just had to drink a beer. Okay. And what are we drinking today? Well, I'm drinking Celebration because it's left over from the left, last podcast, and you're drinking some Rheingeist. Yes, I am local brewery from just down I-75 in Cincinnati. Got to keep it local even with your alcohol. Yes. Which is a good thing about living here is we do have a lot of local breweries and distilleries. Yes. So that's always pretty cool. Absolutely. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. Nope, but it's just as exciting. Yes, just as exciting because I think this is one of the topics that when we first got together and started talking about doing this show, I'm pretty positive this was one of the first things that you wrote in that 3 a.m. email that you sent me. You know, telling me what we wanted to talk about, and today we're covering programming. That's it's what I love. It's your ish. Yeah, it's one of the couple of things that I just I'm super passionate about. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that's important, but I think it's something that people don't really think about very much. They just kind of come in, they show up, they see what's on the whiteboard, and they do it. So, contrary to popular belief, your owner or your GM or your head coach doesn't just roll in at five thirty in the morning and just make up some movements, right? They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, quote, they shouldn't, but you do things a little bit differently here where you design your own programming. So just in the eyes of, of Brody, you have a brand new athlete and you're talking to him about programming. What is it you explain to them? Yeah, I do this every time we have someone that actually comes in for their initial visit. Um, I don't hide it. You know, I tell them straight up, even if they're not interested, I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to tell them this is what we're about. This is our programming. It's challenging. It's tough. It's going to be the hardest stuff you do in the area for sure. But with that said, it's all modifiable to the highest degree, right? And But it's set up to make sure that your progression accelerates at a faster rate than maybe a different gym. Right? Progressible, I think, is the term you used, right? Yeah, I've trademarked that. <laughs> I'm going to get it tattooed on my neck. <laughs> Hashtag progressible. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll put that on the sleeves of our shirts <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited so programming is just basically the overall design of the workouts that you subject your athletes through over a specific period of time yes yeah, so i i program in in eight week blocks okay um most most of the time it's at least eight weeks a few times i'll go to 12 weeks um but on very rare occasions what's the reasoning behind those specific durations? Well, I like eight weeks because it keeps it fresh. You get, there's enough time to get enough work in to get change. Mm -hmm. This is all off based off a strength element, right? So there's enough time in the eight weeks to progress dramatically strength wise, Mm -hmm. um, without 
being boring for your clients. So having to take into account that your athletes are indeed human beings and they have a, a specific attention span, right. is that part of the reason why you don't have like a six-month program or a year-long program? Right. I mean, you want to come in, you want to keep it fresh and new. And honestly, I care about results. Mm-hmm. Right? I do want to make our members happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, if I solely base it on making my members happy, I wouldn't program the way I do. Because it would just be, uh, what, preacher rainbows curls? And, rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be tough. You know, if everybody, they don't, they want to be challenged, but they don't want to be challenged, right? Yes. And so I, I, I have to remove myself on, oh, they don't like this. That's mm-hmm. why we're doing it, right? Because if you don't like something, like I didn't like the squat when I was at the Globo Gym, mm-hmm. I didn't do it. And guess well, what? like most of us did, we skipped leg day. Skipped leg day yeah. because we sucked at it. So yeah, <laughs> they get a lot of what they, they don't want to do. Um, and they do a pretty good job not bitching to me to my face. And I think one of the evidence-based results that you've seen here is I believe last year you told me one of the areas that your athletes weren't as efficient in was the bar over burpees. Yeah, bar facing burpees. Bar facing burpees. Yep. Okay. And so in order to... Well, okay, so you realize that by looking at your athletes in competitions and during the open. Competition open, but also when I would just randomly put them in. I hate random. Programming is definitely not random. But when I would interject them into our programming, um, it would devastate our athletes. Okay. All across the board, top to bottom. Okay. So then in order to mitigate that, you went ahead and you programmed, I think, for 27 weeks. 27 weeks. Yep. (laughs) I even sent an email. (laughs) Letting everybody know straight up. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I said, look, we suck at this. So this is what you're going to get at least once a week. Sometimes I would put them in twice a week. And guess what? You know, I remember the first time we, we tested them, uh, we did, there's two rounds of 50 in it. And it was a couple or a triplet and there's two rounds of 50 in it. So it was a triplet for two rounds. Um, hammered, hammered our people. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't 50 straight in a row. They're like, their head's about exploded. Mm-hmm. Now it's nothing. We'll do a hundred. Because they've been conditioned. Conditioned mentally. Mm-hmm. It's not the physical. It's fall down, get up, jump over or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like super, super hard movement. And uh-huh. that's why they're so stupid mm-hmm. because it's nothing challenging, but it's the mental. It's finding the, the technique because there is technique to it. There's a rhythm. There's finding that about yourself. But I want, I'm not just doing it for our top athletes. Mm-hmm. This is for everybody because we're going to do them. I think it's a great tool for training mm-hmm. on the mental side mm-hmm. um, because they do suck but they're nothing that is crazy. They're a fundamental concept of, of, yeah. of fitness. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes beyond CrossFit. Help, I'll fall in and I can't get up. Yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> done burpees when I was in junior high school in PE. Right. You know, so this isn't anything like out of the ordinary, but you just found that combination of those two things really put your athletes on the floor, literally. Yeah, for, and for it doesn't make sense, right? And it, it really led to two things. One, they're inefficient in their movement. And two, they weren't mentally prepared for them. Okay. And so when I see a weakness in something, our members already know that it's, it's coming next cycle. They don't, mm-hmm. I don't even have to really say anything. They know, they know when I know because mm-hmm. I talk at the whiteboard, hey, we suck at these. Mm-hmm. They know it's coming. And nobody's arguing. No, they can't. I mean, what are they going to say? Like, oh, no, we don't. I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm looking at your scores and mm-hmm. I watch where you fall off. You suck at them and I suck <laughs> at them. I hate them. I don't like them, but I learned to live with it. So, like I said previously, the coaches just don't show up and write this stuff on the whiteboard. So where does it come from? Programming, I mean, 
for me, it comes from a lot of testing, mm-hmm. right? I, I've talked to Mo. I protect my programming, not because I think I'm the shit, but because it's I, work. It's, it's so much work in the, and it's not just putting stuff on paper. It's like, I don't bring anything to our, uh, our general classes without running it through a test mm-hmm. and multiple tests. Mm-hmm. So if I write a new strength cycle, I don't just say, Oh, I just wrote a new strength cycle. Let's see if it works. Hell no, because I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste their time running through eight weeks of something that's not proven. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I make our uh, competitive athletes <laughs> waste their time, <laughs> see if it works or not. So no, I do. I test everything out usually on Sundays. Um, they hate it. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's usually something stupid. Um, <laughs> but it's all tr- I, I track every aspect, but I also take the feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I've done this over and over and over and over again. Hours upon hours of writing, thinking, scripting, then testing, mm-hmm. testing. And I test it myself as well. I, I need to know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also have to check our top athletes because and get their feedback. Because if, if I don't, I'm not programming programming something for 50 percent of our gym. I need it to work for 100 percent of our gym. I mm-hmm. need it to work for our best athletes. And I need it to work for someone just coming out of the training course. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure that the volume's appropriate and it's nothing detrimental that is going to. Um, they're not going to be, be unsafe. Work, unsafe, but it's something that. Like doing Murph, like on a Monday, mm-hmm. it screws up your next two days typically for that's why we in terms do of it. recovery. Yeah, because if I do Murph, my next two to three days, my athletes are my members are crushed. Mm-hmm. Like they're so sore because of the in- intense volume and the speed that they do it. But I'd argue that some people that haven't had a lot of experience with Murph probably mentally they're a little drained too. Mentally, yeah. And it can it kind of push people away. But you know, I gotta test it to make sure the volume's appropriate. And I also have to make sure that it's appropriate on both levels that it's not too much and that I'm getting enough out of it to make sure that I'm going to get the results that I need because my, my program is results-based. I don't know why else you program because I know what I want to accomplish Mm -hmm. and I know what I need to accomplish. So in terms of trying to figure out what you need or want to accomplish, is there a specific timeframes that you, that you gear these towards? You said, I think some are eight weeks and some are 12 weeks. It just depends on our strength cycle. So I've written all but one of our strength cycles that we run through from, you know, the ones that we rotate through Mm -hmm. every every other cycle. So I've written those. I've written some of them multiple versions of. So some are long. We're in a long one right now. It it is um, 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. right? So the, the strength is 12 weeks. So our programming has been extended out to that okay. right so that that includes a uh, a final test at the end to, to prove how how much stronger you've become okay. obviously a max but like a testing week right yeah okay. we always have a testing week um but 90 percent of the time it's it's eight weeks okay so why not like six months or nine months or a year yeah they would get bored okay right um because they're human beings when you get a, okay so when you get something new so it's something fresh. So every eight weeks, mm-hmm. it's, that's not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, you attack it differently. Okay. So what happens is when you have these extended periods of time on strength programs, it becomes, I show up, I do it and I leave. I don't want that mentality. I have to have, every time they come in, I have to have their hundred mm-hmm. percent because, and I expect their hundred percent because I've taken my time to program this, to get the best out of you. Mm-hmm. You want to lose the weight. You want to get stronger. You want to get faster. You got to do the work. And I'm going to give you the work to do. 
and it's it's programmed for everybody as far as yeah i know crossfit's modifiable to everything ours is different in the fact that ours progresses at extremely fast rate and Mm -hmm. is proven time and time again and the numbers don't lie how do you communicate this to your athletes? how do you make them understand that this is what we're doing and, and do they understand and how do you get them to understand? Because not everybody comes in here with a sports physiology background. Some people just say, oh, I saw CrossFit or my cousin did CrossFit and he saw you know, good results. I want to try it too. Like, how do you explain that to that brand new member and why this is important? Yeah, I run, I run our business and uh, our programming almost the same way as that. it's completely transparent. Mm-hmm. So when I – every cycle – I'm get, that get, gets ready to kick off. They know that Sunday night before they're get they're getting an email uh, about our programming cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have found out a couple things. One, what we suck at, what mm-hmm. we need to prove on as an entire gym. Okay, then I find things I really want to either fine tune, like right now, um, look, uh, in our current cycle, our snatch is way off. That's very rare for us. Mm-hmm. So our PRs are down. We're usually around the 85% plus on PRs on our lifts, mm-hmm. on all lifts, and um, it's down. So I have to figure out, was it A, did they not come as often on snatch, or B, have I screwed up something, mm-hmm. right? So once I, once I narrow down exactly the direction I want to go and I, I lay it out on paper, mm-hmm. um, then and only then I'll send the email out kind of saying, Hey, this is our direction, mm-hmm. right? This is what we're going to do, be doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is kind of what I expect out of this, right? I, I always compare it to going to the doctors and asking the doctor why he's sticking me with this needle in my eye. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to know, cause that's scary shit. Who wants <laughs> <laughs> like, a needle in their eye? And some of the stuff we do in here is, is crazy as far as the, the volume for your general CrossFitter and, it's just it's it's not normal, mm-hmm. right? I don't think every gym follows this path that I that I don't know of any um, that does it for their general CrossFitter, and it's something that we don't shy away from. Now, you said that you know you had the eight week cycles. How do you determine what it is you're going to focus on? Do you have is there a specific target you're trying to meet, or do you look at the data and then determine what you're going to do from there from the previous cycle? So several factors that go into it actually. Uh, first, I know my members inside and out as far as their physical, mental capabilities. Me knowing my members allows me to program specifically what we need, right? Because if I know we suck at something, then I know the direction I need to go, right? Mm-hmm. If we're weak at something strength-wise, I know what I need to do to program that. So once I figure out that, then I have my first foundational base. My second base is we do a lot of uh, competitions okay. as a gym, right? So when I go to competitions, now guess what? We get a test. You test it on the street we against had, somebody else's programming. Absolutely. We, we're, okay. Now we're in the unknown factor, what CrossFit is technically about. Be, be prepared Preparing for, for the, the unknown. Be, be, being prepared for the unknown. So we get those tests. How do we do there? How do we do with these blind tests? Are our athletes who compete on that level, mm-hmm. okay? Are we excelling, okay? And the third thing I like to do is I like to do a lot of online qualifiers. Okay. And not all of them, but some specific ones. And when I take these specific qualifiers, now, once again, we're, we're, I'm learning a couple things. One, another unknown factor, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm not talking about the CrossFit Open only, other online qualifiers. And then two- Such as? Granite Games. Okay. Um, 
Cascade Classic, um, and there's another big one. There's another big one. Yeah, Wadapalooza. We take those three. I really don't care as much how much how, where we finish technically. I mean, I do I do care, but sometimes we don't want that to interfere with what we're going through in our regular programming. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to really sacrifice that. Use it as a validation tool. Validation on is my direction that I'm going with my programming accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Am I staying ahead of the trend? Have I already been doing the elements they have listed for two or three months, mm-hmm. right? So I'm ahead of them because mm-hmm. we've been preparing for it. The people who are getting it and who haven't done it yet, they're behind me. Mm-hmm. I need to keep ahead of that. So, And that's what I talk about uh, when I get to the, get to the open. Dude, I, this is what I, I try to stay ahead of that. Mm-hmm. I want to be doing in my gym months ahead of time before something gets released as being tested. And I'm not talking about your traditional burpee, whatever, um, but I'm trying to think of every combination that I can even fathom to find these, I guess you would call them loopholes mm-hmm. in people's games. And um, I'm staying ahead of that curve by doing that. So you mentioned several times about knowing what your athlete needs. How, how are you able to, to track all that? Because you have yeah. about 100 athletes here? No, we're at 75. Okay. But so like I have 75 people that work in my in my section in the mm-hmm. hospital, and it's hard to keep track of all of them. So how, how are you able to keep track of 75 people that you don't see every day? Uh, you know, on a routine basis and you may not coach a particular day or you might, I don't know, do something crazy, like take a vacation, which I think since I've known you, you've done that once. Yeah. You know, so, so how are you able to, to capture all that? Well, it's funny you say that, <laughs> uh, because I can't even remember what I got for Christmas last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I tell you, I, I know people's, I know their lifts. I know their PRs like at the back of my hand, mm-hmm. like when they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it, and then they'll double-check their phone. Well, because uh, I got here a little bit early today, and I was observing you teach class, and you were able to tell people, hey, you need to go up because this is your old this is your old moving weight, and you, you right. need to go up next time because that's not enough weight for you. Mm-hmm. And then just having those conversations, those negotiations, as I like to describe <laughs> them. But this is more after the fact. Negotiate told. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you track all the you, you track all their data. Okay, yeah. So I'm a huge data guy. I still don't know why. I'm like it's weird. I hated math. I hated school. Um, but data to me is the ultimate uh, tool that I can actually use. So our our members, we have a software tracking program. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the gym owner or trainer who just tells them to submit it and then I don't look at it. How the hell am I supposed to know if my programming is working if I don't look at the numbers? Mm-hmm. How can I say, oh, well, it worked for eight of us it's going to work for 75 of us mm-hmm. it isn't the case mm-hmm. it's not the case something that works for eight people could fail for the other you know 60 plus plus. and i think like you said in previous episode all right we're doing 265 clean and jerks but guess what no one can no do one it. can do them yeah it's stupid <laughs> right so i'm not i don't throw stuff out there i have to um i have to put these these programs out there right and then i have to have our athletes all across the board test them mm-hmm. in my classes then I look at the results. First thing I do when I wake up, I look at the 5.30 a.m. class results. I look at their notes, mm-hmm. and I see, and I start tracking stuff. Then I'll, I'll start sending, or seeing these patterns on some athletes, and I make a mental note. I actually go back and check some other stuff mm-hmm. of their previous scores. And if I find a trend where they're capping out way too much, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the things that happens a lot, I instantly send a message to our trainer group. Say, hey, look, this person and this person – They've capped the last five workouts that we've had mm-hmm. that's been tested for that. 
So we've given them, given them a test that is expected to be completed under a certain time cap mm-hmm. and they have failed. Why have they failed? So I started digging into their numbers. Their, their load's too heavy, mm-hmm. right? Because they're an in-betweener. They're, they're not a beginning CrossFitter. They're not a, a RX, a, a RX mm-hmm. CrossFitter. So they kind of sit in this, this limbo of like, okay, I can move this weight. But, but not effectively. Not, they, can effect, they can do it effectively, but they can't keep the cycle, cycle rate to where it needs to be to get under the cap, okay. right? So it's a, yeah, I can move it a couple times, but it takes me a minute to, to recover, rest, right? <laughs> okay. So yeah, so they're, they're one of those in-between CrossFitters who are stuck in a, a midline, like, man, I can do RX this, but I have to scale this, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I check and I say, hey, we got to reduce their load or hey, uh, on their gymnastic portion, we have to either reduce the tension mm-hmm. on the, um, reduce the number of reps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going for an extreme difficulty, let's mm-hmm. say we're doing banded bar muscle ups and they're on a blue band, mm-hmm. like let's take the reps down from now on. Okay. Let them develop that strength and then we'll kick the rep reps back up. Mm-hmm. Or if they're really sh- on the struggle bus, we say, Hey, let's bump them back up to a green because they're, their techniques off. Okay. They're failing. They're not being, they're not moving efficiently Mm -hmm. because just because we take someone down off of a, a a band and progress them, if they don't move efficient, they're going back up. And and that, that's, that's kind of like the, they don't want that. Mm -hmm. Right. Once something's taken, once they progress, once they progress, they don't want to regress. Can they look at it as regression? And I look at, at it as, it's another step to your progression. An opportunity to improve. Yeah. Okay. So I take all the information, and then that's the direction that I go. One thing that I know is fairly uncommon for for you, and I think I've only encountered this at only one other gym during the time I've done CrossFit, is you actually do your own programming. Right. And I think that can be – I mean, that, 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 that can't be easy. No, it's not. It's not easy, and I think, you know, like you and I have talked – too many people are outsourcing that crap now. It doesn't affect me. So, yeah, I, I do the programming. Um, no one across the, the the nation knows my members better than I do. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they're going to program for me and know what my number, members need, even if they ask me. Mm-hmm. They still don't see it. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't get the vibe of the gym, right? So, yeah, I do my programming. It takes, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of testing. There's a lot of effort that's put into it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think people, uh, owners, they don't want to program on their own because of the amount of time. That it's, it hard. it's hard. It's yeah. hard, right? We talked about it. I don't care. Like, hey, if, you, if you're unsure and you don't know how to program, I totally understand mm-hmm. because it's pretty daunting, mm-hmm. right, if you're trying to get results. If you want to buy programming to use that as a learning tool, mm-hmm to assist you to kind of say, okay, I like this direction. I kind of, I'm starting to grasp mm-hmm. uh, the concept, the concept of actual programming, use it as a tool. Don't keep buying it over and over and over. I think it's just doing a disservice to them and they don't know it, but mm-hmm. you know it. But I believe there are some online programs out there, but more catered towards individuals where it's, you get feedback from that individual trainer and they may not be there, but the, design of the program is targeted towards that individual but i even imagine that is not cheap okay so you're you're this is different so when when we're talking about gym owners buying programming we're talking about for the general populace they're they're buying for general programming Mm -hmm. so what happens is uh mo's gym and my gym two different set of athletes Mm -hmm. right we're getting the same programming Mm -hmm. 
doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're going into an individual programming mm-hmm. and it's based off of you and what your needs are, all right, based off of what that coach, because mm-hmm. he should be a coach, um, knows about you as an athlete, totally different. There has to be there has to be feedback daily. I mean, I program for a games athlete, I program for a regional athlete, I program for weightlifting, um, I program for our top athletes, I program for our general athletes. Mm-hmm. I know the difference. When you have a regional or top-level competitor that you're doing specific programming for, that's that's a whole other side of programming that mm-hmm. is even more in-depth because you have to have that. There's a lot more fine-tuning, I'd imagine. Fine-tuning, right. Yeah, you can Yeah, I can. You can run them into the ground, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to keep going. That's not the purpose. Mm-hmm. I have to have the feedback of like, okay, how'd that feel? What do you think? Everything feel all right, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and kind of get into their head. And without that feedback, you're right, it's expensive as shit. I have a buddy that uh, has been doing that for several years, but he's seeing results. You know, I I think uh, the email, I think almost every day and several video clips a week, if not a day. And, you know, the programming gets tailored to him, but he's in a position where he can afford to work out of his gym and have that kind of relationship with the coach, but obviously at a cost. And with that said, they... The videos, the emails are cool. Nothing will ever, ever trump hands-on training, mm-hmm. right? So when I worked with Emma, a uh, two-time regional competitor, we would initially start on training uh, her Olympic lifts via phone and recording. Mm-hmm. When I got hands-on her, right, when we had we, – she would come up or we would meet at uh, uh, the tracks, which is a halfway point for both of us mm-hmm. from Kentucky, uh, her progression was tenfold because the hands-on, nothing beats hands-on Mm-hmm. training so what made you decide to start doing your own programming or did you ever have a commercial programming when you started or no so at what point did you decide that you were going to do all the programming when i opened the gym now do you have a background in exercise physiology or anything self-taught just from being a crossfit athlete right i'm an athlete crossfit athlete uh, right i've taken my driving determination mm-hmm. right i, I researched but my, nothing, none of mine is based off anybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's trial and error. So the beginning, my, my trial and error initially came at our members' expense. <laughs> okay, that was way too much <laughs> noted, <laughs> right? Yeah, so then there are times where I'm like, yeah, I probably, yeah, that looked much different on paper, mm-hmm. right? But getting great at programming, right, you get better at that balance of like, you know, what is too much mm-hmm. and you know what, you know, when you need to bump something up, I'm talking just two reps each round, mm-hmm. right? We just did, we did this crazy EMOM on Tuesday initially. Um, so it was a 15, 12 bike, cow bike. It was 12 unbroken power snatch, 75, 55. And then it was four bar muscle ups. You had to complete that in three under three minutes. And then we ran that for 27 minutes. So it was an EMOM every three minutes, mm-hmm. right? So initially I had that set at 10 power snatches, right? Mm-hmm. I had 10 power snatches. I bumped it to 12. Doesn't seem like much. Night and day. Night and day. Mm-hmm. The reps are completely crazy. So I talked to our athletes afterwards. They were, they were hoping it was eight or 10 mm-hmm. after doing it. But that's their comfort zone. I knew two reps. I knew adding just two reps per round. Was going to hurt them. Was going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. You're talking 18 reps. That's the separator. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what you have. That's the. That's how in tune you can be with your programming. I mm-hmm. knew two reps was going to make it suck just to hold on to that just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. If someone were 
going to consider doing their own programming? Like yeah. what resources did you, how did you start? I mean, where did it come from? I mean, my head, man, mm-hmm. literally grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, start writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times when I first started out, I would write, um, workouts out mm-hmm. that I wouldn't use. They wouldn't kind of fit in, mm-hmm. but I'd save them. Right. Are those the ones you use in the competitions? No. Cause no. there's some of that shit I see yeah. you make them do is evil. I got my own separate <laughs> book for that. <laughs> like I got my own separate book for the competition stuff. No. So it literally is it's trial and error. You have to do some sort of research. You got to put it out there, see how you feel. You have to do your own programming. You know what I mean? So everything I program, I physically did myself. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause when I first opened, I was our best athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. It's not my job anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm in good enough shape still to test my programming and get great feedback out of it. Now, would you say that you being, a, I'd say a seasoned athlete by the time you decided to become an owner, right? did that help you in your ability to develop appropriate programming? Because I'm just like, so just for an argument's sake, if I'm coming off the street from, let's say, a spinning background, I see all this stuff on CrossFit. I go get my L1. I go get some money. I buy some equipment, open up a gym. I'm probably not equipped to program right. myself. No. So, but, you know, like I said, with all your experience, did you find that helped or is there something, because this isn't something everybody does. No. I, Aside from the fear factor and the time it takes. I really, I really don't know. I really don't know why I became successful mm-hmm. at it. Right. And yeah, you can divine define success so many reasons or so many different ways my success is proven on very big stages uh that would be connected to crossfit Mm -hmm. right so with that said you know i i really think it just came down to being humble and not being afraid to change make mistakes make mistakes but then change them not saying okay i program this i'm a dictator um, whatever you, whatever feedback you give me is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would test it or I would program it. I would do it in class and I would ask people, mm-hmm. right. People that I could know it would give me an honest answer, or mm-hmm. I would look at our scores, right. It's not what I wanted. We did not get enough rounds. Mm-hmm. So when I say, if my purpose is to get deep into a workout, uh, multiple rounds on a, an AMRAP and I'm getting about, uh, 75% of what I wanted out of that, meaning they didn't get deep enough into it. Mm-hmm. I know I start looking then this is where the learning starts happening. I look at my movements. Okay. Well, we probably went too heavy here mm-hmm. or we probably had too many reps here because if I change the load or the rep scheme on one or two items, now I'm getting the stimulation of the workout right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting out of the workout what I, it was intended for. Okay. And that right there, that's the time that it takes, right? And that's me being honest with myself instead of just programming it, put it on the board, looking the results, making the same mistake again. Mm-hmm. I knew I fucked up, mm-hmm. right? I knew I messed up. They didn't know it. They mm-hmm. just suffered, mm-hmm. right? So I knew I need to draw it back because I, need, I needed a different stimulus out of the workout. I need to get deeper into the rounds. Instead of five, I needed eight. Okay. So you said, you know, your average training cycle is eight weeks. So how do you plot all this out? I mean, do you, mm-hmm. I have to have so many Metcons, so many strength. No. I mean, is, you just kind of. No, I, I, mine's all determined off of my strength cycle. So those are our preset, mm-hmm. right? So I'm at preset strength cycles that have been, te- have been tested. Um, and when you say strength cycle, you mean like we're focusing on X? Yeah. Okay. Back squat, front squat, whatever. Okay. All right. So my strength cycles, um, it's, you know, I have 
four that I kind of ro- rotate between the two uh, every other cycle. Um, but so I lay out my strength cycle. I lay out my benchmarks mm-hmm. if we're running benchmarks, which we do except during the open prep, um, open prep season, which we're in right now. Um, so I lay out my benchmarks and then everything after that is literally built off of what our strength element that day is mm-hmm. and what our benchmark was. Okay. So then I, um, I, through, through my, I guess the way I program, um, I have a set way to ensure that I'm hitting every specific thing I want for that week mm-hmm. and every week. So at the beginning of the eight week cycle, do you have everything laid out? What usually happens is I'll sit down and I'll be able to bang out one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll hit a groove where I could hit half the cycle, which is, those are great nights. <laughs> those are just like, but they're rare because okay. the problem is when I start, when I start writing this stuff out, shit starts running together. Mm-hmm. Like I start seeing it all that, gets blurry. It gets, it gets blurry in the fact that I keep, I'm starting to kind of repeat certain type of, um, philosophies on like, it could be rep scheme or it could be, you know, the way things, the, the workouts are set up, it's bec- they're becoming too similar, okay. right? Because my stimulus is not going to work then. If I'm going to keep training the same stimulus, it's not going to be the same, right? Mm-hmm. So if my rep schemes aren't varied enough. My loads aren't varied enough. Um, I tend to see that's the issue mm-hmm. is I start really kind of um, overlapping instead of really getting stuff programmed mm-hmm. appropriately. When that happens, I literally, I literally put my pen away put my notebook up i'm done and I don't, stop yeah. i stop i don't even i don't even write another thing down mm-hmm. and if i have if i have two or three workouts done for that week i i just scrap those three mm-hmm. and then and start over i start over when i feel when i need when I, you just feel it mm-hmm. like i can sit down i know i'm gonna have a good session and then sometimes i literally i'll sit down it'll be 90 minutes i'm still looking at my paper mm-hmm. like i don't have anything down because i'm i put so i have a scrap piece of uh scrapbook all my workouts that are in my head I start writing those out. Mm-hmm. Once I'm comfortable with them, then I put them to our, our final programming notebook. Mm-hmm. And once they're in there, they're in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but if I hit it, if I hit one of those, one of those nights to where I, it's just a mental block or I'm starting to run together mm-hmm. you instantly, just stop. instantly yeah. stop because I will never put crap on paper. So it sounds like it's almost an active development of your training cycle as it's going on. It can be. Yeah. Because what I, I did used to make that mistake where I said, okay, I have eight week cycle. I got to get eight weeks banged out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it will work. Right. Because I, I was able to, to knock out the eight weeks and it, and it all flowed appropriately. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I believe in building off of each thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if I don't build off of each week, then my progression is going to be zero mm-hmm. because I have to have that gradual progression. They don't know what the hell I'm doing. They don't know that they're progressing. They just, they just know the movements they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. But when we, at the end, they're far better. So sometimes I used to make that mistake. I'd bang out eight weeks, but you, you really just got to, uh, just got to get on paper what you feel confident with mm-hmm. and then stop. Um, but one cool thing about this is let's say I, I knocked out three weeks of programming and I'm sitting down like on week one or two mm-hmm. and to, to finish out. If I find something in those first three weeks, that's hosed up. Yep. You got to make adjustments, make adjustments mm-hmm. that allows me to make these adjustments to our Metcons, mm-hmm. our strength and our benchmarks are set. Mm-hmm. So our Metcons, yeah. Or I can add in some stuff like, man, we really need to focus on this. 
or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have that ability to now do that. Mm-hmm. And instead of, because I'm, I'm one, if I program it's on paper um, and I want to work on something, if it's, if it's in week two, right, I'm not going to change it because it's going to screw up week three and four if it's already programmed. Mm-hmm. So I can't just sit here and flip flop. Yeah. I mean, I could, but that's not what I do. Okay. Makes sense. So obviously the challenges with developing your own programming, it's very time and labor intensive. This is why people pay for it. I okay. mean, I get it. Yeah. I do. I, I know I knock on that anytime it's even brought up. I, I do, but you know, some people just don't want to spend the time, but here, here's the thing. We're a gym and that our, our members have now expected it. Mm-hmm. We can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. We got to go forward. So I'm not saying that you have to run it like they're this. used to the steak and lobster now, right? I, <laughs> or a shit sandwich, whatever it is. But no, it, it's one of those things. This is this is the direction that we chose when mm-hmm. we opened. We mm-hmm. knew what we wanted, right? And when I'm focused and I'm, I'm it's on that, I will I will modify variables. Mm-hmm. But this is our direction. Um, this is our focus, and this is what we've actually become to love is is the hard intense stuff program for a reason mm-hmm. not just random so if i'm uh, a gm or an owner mm-hmm. and i do the programming for my gym what's the one best piece of advice you could give them in order to take on this task i think i said it earlier you have to be humble and honest mm-hmm. right you're going to make mistakes it's mm-hmm. almost like being a trainer like when i when i first started training it's not comparable to what I am now. Thank mm-hmm. God. Right. Because that I didn't progress. It's the same thing with programming. If, if I'm, if I'm programming in the beginning, um, and you got to take your notes, you got to take your feedback, you got to compare the numbers. Um, and you have to be completely honest with yourself. If you're going in the wrong direction, you got to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. So just be honest and humble. Okay. Because it does. Some people get egos like mm-hmm. they, they have a sense of power. Oh, I, I program, I run this, mm-hmm. I do this. No, dude, that's not what it's about. This is your program, you're right. But you and better, you have to own it. You have to own it. Because if they're not getting results, right, here's what will happen. If you have people want to take CrossFit to the next level and they're not getting to that next level, they're leaving. Mm-hmm. It's just it's what's, it's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to get bored. They're not going to like it. On the other hand, if I just sit here and I program things that beat our members into the ground relentlessly mm-hmm. over and over again, okay, they're not going to come back because mm-hmm. they can't they can't move. You can only take so much abuse, right? So you have to you have to find that balance of how can I get the most out of my athletes? How fast can I progress them? You know, properly, mm-hmm. and then that's the time. That's what takes time. It takes mm-hmm. time and practice, and and you just got to do over and over again and. You know, like, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Because you will. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all this. I, I know that's, like I said, programming is something that I know you're very prideful of and something you, you take a lot of pride in. Thanks for giving us a peek, you know, behind the scenes on, on, on your, your principles of programming. So for this week's call to action, go ahead and upload a video to our Facebook asking us a question and maybe we'll answer right here on the show. Or maybe we'll answer with a video call to you. You never know. Well, you don't want to do video? No, I'm excited. <laughs> I like that shit. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or who knows, maybe... Uh... Nah, we better not show up at somebody's gym. No. <laughs> but again, thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. I'm out. I'm out.
Thank you for listening to the One More Rip Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast or on Twitter at Can I Get One More or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. And I, I, I honestly am privileged at the fact that you even share with me as much as you do. So thank you for that. No, it's not like that, man. Well, man, no, but you know, like, I, I understand, you, want, you know, this is, this is like the Colonel's secret recipe, nah. but like you've shown me what there, there's 26, you showed me like, like 19 of the ingredients. So, so can I know. get a ring that you have to kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Just the ring. So no. again, uh,